Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. episode 480. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs cast. I do not have a guest lined up for this episode because of some um, unforeseen circumstances came up between the guest and, and myself uh, where we're going to have to reschedule that guest at a later time. But so I'm going to go ahead and go through this episode um, solo. This is I think my second or third episode doing it solo. So I'll try to keep the pace uh, pretty well because I know I can sometimes go a little too quick whenever I'm by myself because all the Dead silence, it's weird. Uh, but let's go to get into this um, Spurs cast, episode 480. So let's first begin with um, some, some general thoughts over the Spurs' last four games. You know, last week I had Project Spurs' Steven Anderson on the episode. And we both pro- uh, projected the Spurs to go 2-2. Two and two. Now, we were both right. They did go 2-2, two and two, but the losses were a little bit different than we had both thought. So first, the Spurs played at Toronto on Friday, and they lost that game by three points. Um, you know, they actually held the Raptors, one of the better offensive teams in the league, their top 10 offense, to 86 points. But that game just shows you that the Spurs' offense is just so bad right now because they can hold somebody to 86 and still lose a game. So Steven and I had that one penciled as a loss, and the Spurs did lose. Then on Sunday, the Spurs hosted the Indiana Pacers, and they ended up losing that game by eight points. Um, something significant in that game was that Coach Popovich uh, made DeJounte Murray the starter kind of in a quiet fashion where it wasn't, there wasn't really a lot of, uh, those of us at the game, the media, should I say, we were kind of wondering, is Tony Parker sitting tonight? You know, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden Parker checks in at the six minute mark, um, to play as as, off the bench. And it wasn't until after the game that Parker said that pop told him it's time, like, you know, it's time to give the keys over to, to the young um, kid, DeJounte Murray to take over kind of what Tony did when he was 19. So, uh, the Spurs did lose that game to, to the Pacers by eight points. Um, that was a game that Steven and I both had thought they would win, and they ended up losing that one. Then on Tuesday, the Spurs hosted the Cleveland Cavaliers. Spurs won that game by 12 points, so Steven and I were off there. We both thought they'd lose that game, but, I mean, we didn't realize the Cavs were really, really in that much trouble, especially defensively. I mean, the Spurs are, are as, as I mentioned, they couldn't even beat the Raptors uh by holding the Raptors to 86. And all of a sudden, against the Cavs, the Cavs are so bad defensively, the Spurs had 63 points on them uh, without Kawhi Leonard by halftime. So San Antonio got a, got a good win there. And at that point, Pops kept the system of having Murray start and Tony come off the bench. Uh, then on Wednesday, in a back-to-back without LaMarcus Aldridge, who was out for rest, uh, the Spurs went into Memphis on the road on the second out of back-to-back, and they beat him by 23 points. Now, obviously... The Grizzlies aren't a great team right now. You know they're injured a lot up and down the roster. Their 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 situation with some of the players that they've paid in the offseason has not panned out, and they're they don't look good even financially going into next season with that roster that they've put together. So the Spurs ended up beating them by twenty three. Pau Gasol was a one assist shy of um of a triple double, uh, but you know without Aldridge, the Spurs still got another win. So, uh, so so you know they did finish two and two over the last uh, four games. 
Uh, let's take a quick look at the state of the Spurs, where they're at right now. You know, right now they're 32 and 18 as I record this on Wednesday evening. Uh, actually, should I say Thursday evening? My day's mixed up. Uh, which is third in the Western Conference. You know, for for a while there, the Minnesota Timberwolves took that third spot, but then the Wolves lost themselves. So, I mean, San Antonio's going to kind of stay afloat right now, it looks like. Um, and, and they're beating some teams like they beat Cleveland, they beat they beat Memphis. So, um, especially against the bad teams, that's kind of what they've needed is to get some wins against some of the bad teams like Memphis. And, and that's something they hadn't been doing when they had suffered some losses to like the Hawks and the Lakers in the past few weeks. Uh, offensively, the Spurs still have their issues. They're, they're 17th in the league, 104.7 points per 100 possessions. Defensively, they're still elite, holding teams to 100.5 points per 100, uh, second in the league, just right behind Boston. And again, that's, that's very remarkable for them, considering they've only had Kawhi Leonard available for nine games. Uh, some news that came out and, um, about one of their players, LaMarcus Aldridge, was uh, named an all-star reserve, which isn't surprising earlier this week. And then right before I got on to record the Spurs cast, uh, LeBron James, who who has team LeBron actually picked Aldridge as one of his players on his team. So, you know, social media, everyone's like, this is a sign that LeBron wants to come to San Antonio and all these different things. So, uh, there's actually be a question later on in the episode about the chances of LeBron coming to San Antonio. And I, I kind of want to get into that question a little bit later. Cause I go a little bit f- further financially in, in, into what the Spurs need to do to make that happen. Now I'm not, sh- I, obviously it's really early. We don't know what's going to happen. And, and you know, again, I'll go back into the whole LeBron thing uh, when we get to that question later on in this episode. So let's first begin with our first topic of the day, which was, <laughs> you know, usually when I cover the San Antonio Spurs, this is now year six for me. I've been, I've been doing, you know, it's been a, a, f- a fun job working with ProjectSpurs.com, working with AnalyzingTheLeague.com. Um, and, you know, covering the Spurs, they're usually a pretty quiet team. They like to keep things indoor, um, you know, behind closed doors and any kind of rumors. You know, it's very rare to see any kind of turmoil within the franchise. And, you know, last week there's that whole episode of Pop, you know, telling telling reporters that, you know, at one time this summer Aldridge came up to him and told him, you know, he wanted to be traded. So, you know, they obviously had a heart-to-heart. They, they, they resolved the situation, and now you see that it's panned out well for Popovich, the Spurs, and Aldridge because he's not only got the contract extension for his future in San Antonio, but he's he's back to his playing level. He's comfortable. Uh, he's playing he's playing great basketball. He had He's, he's an all-star again. Now the, the latest thing that happened was uh, the Kawhi Leonard whirlwind. Um, so let's kind of just take you through this whole process of how this all happened, and then uh, I'll give you some thoughts on, on what's, what this means for the Spurs right now and for Kawhi right now uh, going forward. So on Monday, the uh, ESPN.com puts out an article from Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Michael Wright, who's the beat writer for, for uh, uh, who's the beat writer for ESPN, ESPN in San Antonio, and then Zach Lowe contributed to that report. So they basically use words like sources are telling them that Kawhi's been very distant and dis- disconnected from the uh, from the Spurs this season. Um, they say it's mainly because of the the injury situation. Uh, R.C. Buford in that piece rejected uh, these rumors. He basically said that Kawhi and the Spurs have been fine. You know, he did admit that both sides, the Spurs and Kawhi, are frustrated about this whole quad injury, this tendinopathy that ha- just hasn't been able to heal the right way where he can get back into playing. They've obviously had to shut him down. Um, indefinitely. Well, then later on that day on Monday, Jabari Young spoke with, of the San Antonio Express News, spoke with Kawhi's uncle, um, Dennis Robertson. And he basically refuted the, the report from ESPN, uh, basically saying that, you know, Kawhi and the, and the Spurs have had the same kind of relationship. There's nothing really different. So he kind of deflected that, um, that report from ESPN. So then the next morning on Tuesday, 
Jalen Rose and uh, Stephen A. Smith have some reporting on on their show. Uh, I think it's called First Take. I don't watch those shows anymore. Anyway, uh, the clips all over all over the internet. So basically, Jalen's big point was that Kawhi wants wants out of San Antonio. It was his was his um his quote there that that Kawhi's frustrated because they haven't been able to attract talent over the last summer um, of the whole injury situation as well. And Stephen A. Smith goes on there. Um, he, uh, he he kind of just says that in the past year they heard rum- um, rumblings that Kawhi wanted out. He cites uh, Jabari. Obviously, Jabari you know still covers the Spurs and he, he's very plugged in to the situation. So he cites Jabari, but then he cites Mike Monroe, who's a who's a great you know respected reporter. The only thing is for the he, who used to write for the Express News. Now I use that word used to because Mike actually uh, retired. He doesn't he doesn't write anymore. You know I go to all the games, home games at least, and Mike's not there. Uh, he, and, and you know he's he's off in retirement, and so he even um, you know he, I'm, I'm sure he didn't know that that his name's being leaked here that that he's reporting on Kawhi. So so in a way, you know these ESPN guys, I, I don't you know it, they're, they're obviously former play, uh, well, well Jalen's a former player, Stevens you know obviously been plugged into the league over the years. That's why they have these kind of jobs. But you know you, you got to look at the guys who are you know plugged into the team right now. A guy like Michael Wright, a guy like Jabari, then the guys, the national guys who ha- who have input from the league uh, from from their from their sources, which is like Woj, uh, Zach Lowe are very plugged in. And, it, and then it kind of just deflects the whole thing because then Stephen Stephen uh, A. Smith says that Kawhi's uncle was running the show and that basically you know so it's kind of like Kawhi's uncle tells Jabari one day that that Spurs are fine then Stephen A. Smith says that the uncle says that he's running the show and basically from what they're hearing Kawhi wants out so I mean it, it's all over the place and so obviously this was becoming a huge um, issue you know Kawhi's name was trending on Twitter and. You know, so so eventually the Spurs were going to have to address it. So they actually did that night before they played the Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday. Coach Popovich um, addressed the situation. You know, he was asked about the, the Spurs' relationship with Kawhi. And he said, it's no different than it has been for all the time he's been here. Uh, Pop did uh, let out some more um, info here. He says that, uh, that, that he kind of, conf- he didn't deliberately say that he confirms it, but he basically said that Kawhi has... Uh, sought out um, another opinion on his leg and that, you know, he says that Kawhi's just doing his due diligence himself and, and his camp, uh, you know, and that's what they want. The Spurs want him to be back on the court. He says that he wants him to be back on the court. Kawhi wants to be back on the court. Everybody wants Kawhi back on the court. Pop himself admitted frustration that, you know, this is not obviously the way the Spurs planned the season to play out was to have, you know, when, the, when this quad injury starts acting up at preseason, they didn't think he'd be out it's already now February. It's almost February, and the guys, they, they still don't know when they're going to get Kawhi Leonard back. Uh, and then Pop had another quote here that was pretty interesting. Um, again, this kind of goes back to that whole Stephen A. Smith thing and maybe part of the ESPN uh, reporting as well, where Pop said, for somebody to come up with something about him and his teammates is just silly. So this is Pop obviously saying that there's no there's no issues between Kawhi and his teammates. Um, you know, this is just kind of – he even said he – even, Pop even used the words like writers have to write basically – you know, he, he says that the Spurs really don't pay this kind of the, these kind of rumors any any attention in the past, so they're going to make sure not to do that anymore in the future. And then Kawhi basically said, I mean, not Kawhi, Pop basically said that the Spurs are going to continue to err on the side of caution. You know, he mentioned uh, a familiar example with Tim Duncan when Tim Duncan was held out of, a, out of a playoff series is because of a knee injury. And you know, the Spurs aren't just looking at Kawhi for this season to try to get a championship. They're looking at longevity. You know, he, they want to keep him around. You know, they can offer him the Supermax this summer. And that's obviously a five year deal that, you know, that, that's that for them as, as a team, you know, that's that's their franchise cornerstone player. If if he's not hundred percent and they don't feel like he's ready, their doctors are telling them he's not ready, 
well, then they're not going to put him out there on the, in the court, even if it, you know, even if, 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 even if it means sacrificing this season. That's kind of what you're seeing there from Pop's words. So um, let's go in and go into some of the financials about what this means for Kawhi. Now, this summer he's slated to make 20 million and the next next year he has he's going to make 21.3 million on his current deal if he um opts into that player option because he does have a player option after this summer. Now, here's the interesting thing. Kawhi Leonard qualified for the Supermax contract, a rare contract, because he made the All-NBA team over the last two seasons. That contract the Spurs can offer him on July 1st is a 5-year deal worth 219 million dollars. You know, if if he signs this deal, let's say the Spurs offer to him and he signs it, then not this coming year, he'll still make twenty one point he'll still make twenty million, but next summer his salary jumps up to thirty seven point eight million. Here's something to to, to remember about this. Uh, I, I spoke with one of the guys who's pretty fluent in the cap situation, salary cap. Uh, his name's Cole Zwicker, get a great writer on on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow him for for some scouting, for some um, salary cap breakdowns um, reporting. And he basically told me was that if the Spurs, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to do this, but let's just say the Spurs did try to move. Let's just say Kawhi demanded a trade within the next 15 days, which is when the trade deadline um, expires. If Kawhi got moved within these next 15 days, he loses out on that super max. The, the, the um, receiving team of him, they do not get to offer him that max. It's, it's over that super max. Uh, it can only be by the team that, that he was originally one of those two, you know, the team that he's been with, which is uh, San Antonio. Even if this, this drama plays out to the summer, let's say Kawhi pulls like a Kyrie situation where he were to say, uh, I want to be traded. I'm demanding to be traded. Well, if the Spurs moved him again, even in the summer, he loses the Supermax option. So basically, in order to get that Supermax, he needs to stay in San Antonio. And for him, you know, that's that's the situation is that, you know, I, I'm not I, I obviously the, the biggest the, the best part right now is that for trying to evaluate this whole situation is that Kawhi hasn't said anything. You know, he's not on the record of saying anything. So so. You know, on ESPN side, obviously they have very good sources uh, plugged in. They're they're into the league. You know, Woj, Zach Lowe, those are the, the top cream of the crop kind of reporters. But then, you know, on the Spurs side, they're saying, of course, that everything's fine. There's no issues here. So, so even if there is issues, um, you know, as long as Kawhi doesn't get moved over the summer, the Spurs can still offer him that super max coming up. And again, he can he can sign it. That's a lot of money. That's 219 million. Let's say that. Let's say that they. So now let's look at the super max. The Spurs will basically have right when the offseason starts, July 1st until mid-October. I'd say, I think it's like October 16th is the date that they have to offer him that deal. Now, uh, that's if they offer to him, you know, you know, if they, I, I think they will just because of his age, because, um, you know, this is basically their franchise player. So, you know, there have been some people telling me, well, you know, because of his injury situation, maybe they won't. So, you know, who, who knows? But for now, I think they would offer it to him. Now, if Kawhi sits on that deal from July to October and he doesn't sign it, then that's a clear sign that he's not just think he wants out of San Antonio. I mean, it's not for money. He just wait. Well, he just wants to be out of, out of San Antonio. So obviously he'd just play that final season and become like an expiring contract kind of player where maybe they'd have to look at moving him next, next season. So that's the most extreme example is that, that he doesn't sign the super max. Now let's say the Spurs offer it to him. Well, then he can wait on it still up until mid-October like Russell Westbrook just did this past summer where OKC fans did it, really didn't know what was going to happen with Westbrook. They didn't know if he was going to sign it or not or want to go to L.A. Uh, when he became another free agent. So so this whole drama as far as like, not, you know, this whole situation of, of, un, of, of, of no clarity could still could carry on into the summer uh, if, this, let's just say, on July 1st, uh, reports come out that the Spurs did offer Kawhi the Supermax 
and then he doesn't sign it initially within the next the first 10 days or the first month or two, you know, it, it could look like, oh, maybe he doesn't want out. But again, he has up until mid-October. If he does sign it but at that time, he, he's locked in with San Antonio for five more years. But if he doesn't, then, hey, you know, that, that's, that's a sign that, that he does want out. So this is just, some, again, something to monitor uh, with Kawhi. If the Spurs didn't offer him the Supermax, I, I, I think that they would again. He would actually have to um, he would ha- he would have to make the All NBA team next year in order to to have that option the following summer. Um, and again, this is just something that that uh, you know a lot, a lot of people have written about. People are giving their their opinions on this, uh, both for Kawhi's side, for 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 the Spurs' side. So so that for for the for the fan base of San Antonio, for um, you know obviously the front office doesn't like this kind of you know these these kind of um, reports coming out of the Spurs. It's just a different um, you know time right now for, for the Spurs. And you know the Spurs obviously at least addressed it publicly. So maybe it'll kind of quiet down now, uh, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, with this whole Kawhi Leonard uh, rumor. And, you know, for, for my take, it kind of just sounds like the frustration everybody mentioned on all three sides is just that it's it's just the injury. You know, if, if his quad just obviously get, gets, gets back to normal and starts working again and, and you know, the, the therapy starts working for him that he's undergoing with that tendinopathy, then obviously I think a lot of these, these issues um, on all three sides uh, kind of get, they kind of just get, go, get pushed under the rug. I mean, not under the rug, but, you know, just kind of just go away a little bit because once Kawhi starts playing again, uh, and he gets comfortable with his teammates, starts winning ball games. You know that that a lot of the stuff kind of just disappears. So, again, we'll we'll see. We'll figure out what happens with Kawhi going forward. Um, there's a long time, like I mentioned. If the summertime comes, they offer him the supermax. He doesn't sign it. Don't just think that he wants out just yet. You got to wait till that, that final deadline in mid October to see if he really um, is going to sign it or not. Moving on to more um, actual basketball, not just like uh, <laughs> rumors drama. Uh, let's go to the, the Spurs. Um, as I mentioned, you know Popovich made made a new. He, he made a big change on Sunday when he when he and he basically gave the, the the starting point guard role to Dejounte Murray. You know he's basically said that Murray gives them something that they've needed, which is a, a guy who can push the pace, kind of get the ball moving up and down the floor. He's long defensively, where he can guard a lot of different players out on the wing. It doesn't always just have to be part, uh, point guards. He's not he's not a, um, a liability on defense. Um, that's my words, not pops, by the way, on that part. Um, and so, and, you know, obviously his rebounding is another skill. You know, he, he rebounds. He's, he's one of the best rebounders at, at the point guard position in the NBA. I think he actually is if I look at the data. Um, so, so, oh, no, outside of Russ, sorry. I forgot Russ is still playing. So, anyway. Outside of Russ, uh, Murray's one of the top rebounders in the league. So, so Murray has so much growth and potential, and Pop sees that. You know, the Spurs need to get younger, get athletic, more athletic to compete into the future. And for Tony Parker's place, you know, he's he's thirty six, and and this is going to be so far. It's showing that it's a move that's going to be great for him, where he's a little bit fresh, where he kind of he doesn't have to play as many minutes. He's only averaging twenty minutes now that he's coming off the bench. Uh, he's he's averaging twelve points, which I'll get into some of the stats here pretty soon. And for him, you know, it's, it's kind of like he's going to get second units. If, if he is, he can still get some time with Aldridge or Palgasaw um, at different times in the games. But, you know, the Spurs on the defensive end, he doesn't always have to guard, you know, you know the, the top players uh, at his position where now that can be kind of be Murray's job. Uh, so this is something that I think is going to be more beneficial. And, and it's obviously a small sample size, but the sample size does show uh, that it's a positive um, move that Popovich has made here. So. Since the Spurs moved um, Murray to the starting lineup, the Spurs are two and one. Parker's averaging twelve point seven points, five assists in twenty minutes, like I mentioned. Dejounte is averaging twelve point seven points, seven rebounds, four point seven assists, three point three steals in twenty seven point three minutes. Um, 
And again, that's that's big for Murray that he's getting 27.3 minutes. He's he's finally getting like real minutes here. Uh, Popovich even mentioned um, after they, uh, their most recent game against the Cavs that he wants Murray in fourth quarters. You know, he wants him out there competing against against in crunch time to get that growth, to get that that kind of confidence. So that's going to be huge for Murray to start being the Spurs' point guard in, uh, down the stretch. And obviously, he has his limitations with his jump shot in crunch time. But defensively, you know, you could switch a two or three. He can he can help Danny Green. And obviously, when Kawhi Leonard eventually comes back, he can be there as well so they're going to be when, when they get their whole team healthy assuming Kawhi comes back this season this is going to be a very long um, um three players out on the wing area with Danny Kawhi and and Murray especially if DeJounte uh can, can actually um you know pick up his defense even more you saw that he had seven steals there against the Cavs uh over uh on Tuesday one other guy who's benefited from this who um Colin Reed um pointed out in his most recent article on projectspurs.com where you can check that out is Patty Mills since the move was made, Patty Mills is averaging 11.3 points, and he's shooting 40% from three. Now, Colin digs further into the data on this, and basically what he says is that, like, with Parker now by Mills' side, Tony can be the guy running pick and roll. He can be the, the game manager. Pa- Patty Mills can be more comfortable as, like, that Australian national team version of Patty Mills where he's more like a two, running off screen action, getting up, getting way more spot-up looks. And so right now it looks like this is also going to benefit Patty. You know, he's, he's had a struggling season so far because he's been asked to do a little bit more um, than, than, than what his role really is at the, at, at the NBA level. And now that, now that Parker's there to help him out be, be that primary ball handler, it's going to help out Patty and be the spot-up wing. Um, just something I want to go over is those three players, Parker, Mills, and Murray, you know, before the, the switch was made, before, before Sunday, those three players combined were averaging 24 points and 9.2 assists. Since Pops made the move in the last three games, they're averaging 36.7 points and 11 assists. So, so the Spurs go from getting eh, not that much production out of their three point guards to getting you know a, a pretty good stat line there. You know, 36 and 11. Imagine f- from three players there. So, so that's a good that's that's a good um, positive sign for San Antonio. Two things to keep in mind though with that is one. Um, it's a small sample size. You know, it's obviously not that big. And two, it is against two of the bad defensive teams in the league, which is Cleveland and, and Memphis. You know, they did, even though they started Murray, they did lose to Indiana, and Indiana was, was a better team overall. So, so we're, not, we're not sure just quite yet what it's going to do against some, some of the top-tier teams, what that move looks like, but we will see as the Spurs keep playing. Um, one thing I, I do want to note is, uh, is, is for Patty is what's going to happen if, if a lot of the guys do start coming back. Let's just say, um, you know, Rudy Gay eventually comes back and Mono Ginobili. Well, then, you know, it gets tough to find to find Patty some 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 minutes because their starting five are obviously Murray, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, Marcus Aldridge, and Pau Gasol. Coming off the bench now, their sixth man is Tony Parker, then Mono Ginobili at the two, uh, Rudy Gay at the three, and Davis Bertens at the four. And they kind of, they really don't play Laverne unless like everybody's out. So I, I kind of see Laverne is out of the, the, the rotation, but I see Bertens has earned his way in there. And so the problem becomes, you know, does Brent Forbes not play? Uh, and where does Patty play? So, so Coach Pop could obviously put Bertans like a, at the back of five, and then make Rudy Gay the four, and then put Pat, put um, Mono up at the three, and that's just something where you do have to question. Maybe you know, considering he's making t- ten million this year, and then also, uh, or I think eleven million this year, and then also, um, I think twenty million over the next two years, or thirty million. Do they move? Try to look at at seeing what they can. You know, do they make calls on Patty Mills? Basically, is what I'm asking uh, with these last um, fifteen days. Uh, before the trade, the 14 days before the trade deadline gets here, because you know when everybody's healthy, they're not going to have a lot of minutes. There's going to be some nights where I think Patty may not play as much, um, and for sure, Bird Forth probably won't play as much. And even guys like Kyle Anderson, who's who's found a great role if Kawhi ever comes back, there, there's going to be some issues there 
if they do get their team whole, um, fully healthy. But for now, you know, with the whole Kawhi situation and with, with Rudy Gay out for weeks, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, I guess I guess they're okay uh, letting Bryn play the backup three and Mills play the backup two until Manu gets back. Um, let's go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and I will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you again for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 480. My name is Paul Garcia. I'm doing this episode solo. Um, let's go ahead and go into our second segment of the, of the SpursCast, which is um, answering your, your Spurs Twitter questions using the hashtag SpursCast. Our first question comes from Project Spurs writer Colin Reed, at Colin Reed PS. Colin asks, which bench players do you, you all think will benefit the most from having Parker run the bench lineups going forward? Uh, well, since I'm the one here, I guess I have to answer it. So um, it's a good question for Colin. I think that honestly, like I was looking at the roster of the, of the bench guys and almost everyone's going to benefit in a way from it, except for maybe a, a few players here. So let me, so let me see what, I, let me just tell you what, I, what I'm thinking here. Uh, Patty Mills, you know, like Colin, like you mentioned um, in your article, sir, um, Patty Mills is obviously going to be benefit because he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. You know, he's not as comfortable going into the into the paint and creating for others. He's going to be more comfortable getting spot up shots, coming off pick and roll. I mean, coming off picks. And that's going to be helpful with Parker there. I think Davis Bertans gets a boost because he can run one, four pick and rolls, pick and pass with Tony Parker. He can roll and, and get, get some some rolls and, and get some dunks like you've seen him do lately. And Parker's a great pick and roll player. Rudy Gay, when he eventually comes back, that's going to be good for him because him and Tony can run a, a one three or one four pick and roll where um, both you know Tony can get Rudy to get that switch on the on, on the point guard and then Rudy can get that player in the post or Rudy can just roll he can shoot threes and then Parker if they go under the screens he can make the mid range jumper so those those three players I think are going to be okay. Uh, same thing for Brent Forbes also if he does play um, more with Parker Parker's going to open up the lane for him you know get him open threes etc. The guy though that I'm interested to see is how. Tony and, and Manu work out together just in the fact that Manu's going to be fine when Tony has the ball because he because you know Manu's a good spot up shooter too um, you know he can shoot the three but I, I'm I'm more I'm more um, interested to see what happens when Manu's the ball handler so Manu does like to run a lot of pick and rolls with the second unit you know they depend on him to do that a lot and what happens though you know with, with Parker out there I, th- I think that with Patty out there it works out well for Manu because you know Patty is a player who defenses don't don't like to um. To, to go away from because he's a good three-point shooter. With Tony, it's a little bit different. Defenses do gamble more with him on the floor, and here's why. Uh, according to cleaningtheglass.com, Tony's only only 6% of Tony's shots this year have been corner threes, and only 2% have been above the break threes. Not only that, so for one, he doesn't take a lot of threes. Number two, he's only shooting 33% from the corners. 
um, and he's only and he has and according to cleaning the glass, he's, he's zero percent from above the break three. So so he's not a three point threat, and I kind of feel like whoever the ball handler is, whether it's Manu or Rudy Gay, uh, on the second unit, I feel like with Parker out there, it does get interesting to see. Do, do with him out there? Does it shrink the floor for those guys to create? Because I think that the defense will, um, you know, back off Parker. They already do it when he was a starter, so they're going to do it again. I think the bench players, and so I, I think that's the one thing to watch is is uh, when Tony does have the ball in, the, in his hands, how, how does it affect the offense? But I think again, the biggest thing is that they're getting another playmaker in there, and they're getting a fresh Tony Parker. It looks like so far what we've seen here is that he's going in these games ready to score. He's you know he's averaging almost like twelve points, like I mentioned, twelve point seven points, five assists. So he's going in there with that with that old Tony Parker mentality. I'm either going to get into the rim and get, and get a shot, uh, get get a mid range look off the screen if they leave me open, or I'm going to get an, get an open shot for one of my teammates. And so so that's the good thing you've seen is that, that he does a lot more than than Patty can do as far as creativity for the offense. Our next question comes from at Greco Suave. Uh, he asks, uh, the Spurs-Cavs game looked to be a turning point for San Antonio. But if you watch closely between Pop and LeBron's embrace, it appeared to be the ultimate recruit- recruiting ploy for San Antonio for the decision 2018. Do you feel the same? Um, unfortunately, I didn't see the whole Pop and LeBron embrace. And then they all, just because uh, where I'm at at the games, we always actually, the, the media guys, we like to, and, and, and gals, we all like to just kind of get back early to the, to the locker room area because Pop goes on pretty quick after games and he doesn't really wait wait for us to get there sometimes. So so Pop's a pretty quick guy in terms of going right from the game ending to, to, to doing his post-game interview because obviously um, he probably wants to get out of there. Uh, so I didn't see Pop and, and LeBron embrace, but I, you know, in the past I've seen them after games. There, there's a very uh, deep mutual respect between the two. You know, you've heard LeBron on the record um, talking about how much he respects Pop and looks up to him. Uh, you've seen Pop on the record how much he, he's, you know, he's really enjoyed watching LeBron's career so far. So there's obviously mutual respect. Um, and as far as the decision 2018, let's go ahead and get into that here. So, you know. Before, as I mentioned, uh, before I started recording, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, was picked on uh, Team LeBron for the for the 2018 All-Star team for the, one of LeBron's teams. So obviously the, everybody's going crazy on Twitter where they think that, that that's a sign that LeBron wants to um, <laughs> come to San Antonio in the summer when he's a free agent. And so let's let's look at some, some different avenues here um, about the, the decision 2018 because it is going to be a spectacle coming up this summer uh, for LeBron James because let's look at his side first. Um, you know the the Cavs are obviously going in the wrong direction. There's turmoil almost every every game for them. Uh, they don't play any defense, so there's a lot of um, rumors coming out of their locker room that certain players don't like other certain players, etc. Uh, you know, and, and they don't look as deep as they have in the past when they've gotten to play Golden State over the last three years. So we don't know from from what I'm seeing right now. It doesn't look like he's going to be back in Cleveland uh, just based on everything that's happening, at least as of present, as of what we're seeing right now in the moment. There's always been that that speculation that he's going to go to the Lakers. Uh, you know, they, they're obviously going to have some cap space if they can get rid of um, Luol Deng's contract. But, you know, even them, you know, are they going to track it? Unless he's getting, he has other players already, like a Paul George, like a DeMarcus Cousins to go with him. So some, some other all-stars that are going to commit with him to go in the Lakers. I just don't see, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure if LeBron goes there just because of the whole situation uh, of, of, ha- of not, I don't think the talent level's there if, if he doesn't get more all-stars to go with him. Then of course you have um, there's like there's the Spurs who who you obviously you know, like I mentioned there's the mutual respect between the Pop and LeBron um, maybe you know maybe he wants to play for, for a great coach like Pop once in his career uh, you know he's always, he's always looked up to Pop 
So maybe he does look at San Antonio. And then uh, I've also seen some some rumors about Houston as well. You know, maybe maybe he goes and teams up with James Harden and Chris Paul. They'd have to move um, Ryan Anderson's contract and maybe a, a few others and let some players go. But but they could also, like the Spurs, there'd be some cap hurdles, but they could make it happen if Houston really wanted to, if LeBron gave them a commitment. But let's just say that LeBron, you know, just because it's, it's January, and let's just say that he did want to come to San Antonio. I kind of want to just get into this because a lot of people think that it's like a foregone conclusion that they can just sign him right away, the Spurs, if he did say yes. But I, I got to go through the, the cap um, ramifications, how it's not as easy as a lot of people are thinking that it is. And here's why. Um, two players that can really, really um, limit the Spurs' cap space this summer in case LeBron does want to come to San Antonio are Danny Green and, and Rudy Gay. Uh, they both have player options um, amounting up to about $18 million together. And, you know, we don't know yet. It's only January if Rudy and Danny are going to opt in or they're going to try to test free agency. In this first scenario, let's assume let's assume they opt in. So let's say that that they stay on the books, and Tony Parker takes off, you know, free agency because they or, or you know he's at least his cap hold's gone, should I say? Um, Brent Forbes is gone. Davis Bertans is gone. Kyle Anderson. Um, there's another. You know, so all those players. Uh, so if that at this point the Spurs are only have opened up six hundred thirty four thousand dollars, that's not enough. You got to oh, you got to open up thirty five point three million to sign LeBron at the at the at the max that he's at, at his level pace. Uh, so then let's say that the Spurs next the next move for the Spurs is they need to find, find, probably find a taker for Pau Gasol's contract sixteen point six million. From that point, I mean, for, yeah, for, for sixteen million. So at that point, the Spurs have opened up sixteen million for LeBron. Still not enough. Then they're probably looking at moving to uh, Patty Mills' contract. So if they can find a taker, then they have twenty-seven million open. So maybe LeBron, you know, with their spec he has for the Spurs, maybe he he takes them an eight million dollar pay cut. I don't know. If he doesn't, then maybe they have to move Rudy Gay now, and then they'd open up the thirty-five point three million exactly. And so then you'd have a core team of Kawhi, Aldridge, LeBron, uh, Manu Ginobili, Danny Green, uh, Derek White, and Dejounte Murray uh, at that point. But here, here's the biggest hurdle: is that who's going to take the guys that, that you need to get, that you need to trade their contracts? You know, when Aldridge wanted to come to the Spurs, the Spurs there were a lot more teams with open cap space. So, like Atlanta at that time could easily absorb Thiago Splitter's contract. These days, with with teams um, with teams not having that much cap space, it's hard to 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 move a, a big contract uh, um, just you know automatically, like on, on a whim, like, like if a team wanted to, somebody like Palace contract or, or, or Mills's. And the only teams I'm seeing right now, they're going to have some some sort of ca- a salary cap space are Chicago, Dallas, Sacramento, Phoenix, Indiana, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and maybe Philly. But you know, obviously Philly's heading toward the playoffs, so they're probably going to try to look for at going out of free agent as well themselves. So, you know, it's not just about finding a taker. It's also, you know, what is that, that team going to get for, for absorbing your contract that you don't want? You know, are you giving up a pick? Are you giving a young prospect, a player? Uh, and then those teams, you know, they're going to have cash space. Maybe they want to use that cash space. Maybe they have a free agent in mind that they want to sign, or maybe they want to extend one of their own players. So, so there's a lot of what ifs and, and 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 hurdles that the Spurs would have to work through to get a LeBron James to San Antonio. Now, it, it does get a little bit easier if um, Green and, and and Rudy Gay opted out of their deals because then the Spurs go into free agency with 17.7 million. And if they could find a taker for Pau Gasol's contract, then all of a sudden they, they'd have thirty-three point seven million to offer LeBron. And so at this point, you'd be able to, you'd have a smaller team in terms of number of players that are kind of kind of going to have an impact. So you'd have Kawhi, Aldridge, LeBron, uh, Patty Mills at this point, Monte Ginobili, and Derek White, and Dejounte Murray. So all in all, you know, it's only January. <laughs> this is still a long way away. But but if the, the LeBron to Spurs rumors do heat up in the summertime when he becomes a free agent. 
Uh, I'm just letting you all know that it's not going to be as easy as in 2015 when the Spurs signed Aldridge to just move move players on big deals like Power, Patty Mills, or Rudy Gay. Those those deals are going to be a little bit tougher now because there aren't that many teams with cap space as there were back in 2015. So that's just, again, something to keep in mind um, for the summer when, when all these rumors do heat up uh, with LeBron. Our next question comes from at Bam Zangato. They ask, Gasol is playing well, but it's uncertain that he can keep this level for the next two seasons. His contract may block a splash move of the Spurs next free agency. Now that the season is in the middle, do you think it was a good move to offer him this contract? Um, you know, the, the Powell, obviously, from, from, from most general NBA, you know, writers, media people, the, the deal wasn't good. It was $48 million for three years on the surface. That doesn't look good, especially considering his age, considering, you know, against certain teams that you're going to play deep in the playoffs, like the Warriors, the Rockets, he, he can't play as many minutes uh, because they go small ball. But, you know, something that, you know, I'm not the one making the, the judgment. It's not my, I'm not pain pal. So, so for, for, from my perspective, no, I wouldn't have given him $16 million each season for the next three years. But, you know, that, that's the Spurs' decision. They, maybe they didn't know what the market was. I know that he helped them out in a way by opting out of his deal initially, which is about $15 million or $16 million, to let them have a chance to sign Chris Paul before Paul got traded uh, to Houston. So, so in a way, maybe it was like a favor of like, hey, hey, you helped us out. Maybe we're going to kind of reward you with this kind of contract. I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not just kind of I'm not going to speculate. You know, that's just stuff that, that you, you hear, you know, the rumors and stuff. Anyway, so the one thing about Powell's deal is that you're right in that it, it may be tough to move this coming summer if, if like, they want to get a, a splashy free agent like LeBron. Like I just mentioned, there's not that many teams that are going to be willing to absorb a $60 million contract. And, you know, what What are those teams going to want in return to, to, to taking in Powell for salary? You know, do they want to pick? Do they want a young player? That gets tough in negotiations. It's not it's not as easy as I mentioned, like in 2015 with Splitter. But um, on the flip side, Powell's deal is really for two years, $32.8 million, And here's why. He, he's making $16 million this year, sixteen point eight next year. And then in that final season, um, 2019-20 season, he's only making sixteen, but it's non-guaranteed. So the Spurs have the choice of, of choosing. They don't have to guarantee that last year of his deal. So it's really, realistically, on paper, it's two years, 32.8. Um, again, maybe maybe it was still too much for him. Um, that that a, lot, a lot of people in general are going to say that that was a bad deal. Uh, but again, we don't make the decisions. We don't run the Spurs' front office. That's that's their decision. That's Powell's agent who got that deal for him, helped helped him out with that. So that's a conversation. That's a conversation for 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 those parties. Um, let's move on to our our next question from at one two three Huff. They ask. Um, they, I had wrote something about um, how uh, Joffrey Laverna had grabbed um, a season high in rebounds. I think it was like eight or something like that. Anyway, um, he he had asked me uh, for this question, or, or she. Um, I'm just gonna say they because I don't know. Uh, you know, I didn't see who this person was on Twitter. Anyway, they ask, um, think he's another Tiago splitter. They're talking about Joffrey Laverne. Um, you know, numerically, I look at some of the stats. He does have some of the kind of similar stats to Tiago a little bit there. Um, in terms of like body size and how he runs the floor, you know, north to south, I, I do see a lot of splitter in him. But in terms of like passing ability, the angles he sees, I, I give him more of that, like that Boris Tiao edge. I remember in preseason, um, back to what I was saying, um, you know, in the preseason, a lot of, People were comparing Joffrey to more of a Boris DL type of game. You know, he could shoot the three a little bit. He could spray the floor. He can make some really good passes, um, you know, definitely attacking the glass. Uh, and can kind of be kind of crafty with the ball. But then Laverne had that, um, that that ankle injury early in the season. He's just never been able to crack the rotation. You see that he only plays, um, you know, when 
when uh when, when players are out or if it's like a blowout or something like that. So he just hasn't been able to find a place in the rotation. Uh, Pops kind of kept the, the rotation in the front court to just Davis, Lamarcus, and Powell, and then like Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gay uh, played small ball more often. So I, I just feel like I haven't I haven't had a full grasp of him just because he hasn't played as much this season. I, I don't think he will get a huge role either, just because um, the Spurs already passed halfway through the season, more than halfway, and he's already he still hasn't carved out a role for himself. So I don't I don't think that he's ever gonna to, to become, especially as for more of a rotation player. I don't think he'll ever get that that Tiago slot ex, 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 um, this season, should I say? Our last Spurs Twitter question comes from at Galvarez DC. Uh, they ask, how do I send a question uh, like, how's Rudy doing? So they were asking how, how to respond to questions on, on the Spurs cast. So good question, you know. So if, if you're on Twitter, all you do is you make a new tweet and you put hashtag Spurs cast and then you just write the question to us. Uh, you can send it to myself. You could just um, just you could just put it on your own and, it'll, and, we'll, and I'll see it because I always look up these hashtags first to make sure that um, everybody who, who used it uh, gets gets responded to. Um, through this through this way and you know either the product spurs account will see it or the um, spurs cast account will see it so back to the question how's rudy doing um you know style wise he has cornrows uh, the other day he had some now him Kawhi, and brandon paul have cornrows that was at the, uh, the the Cavs game he had cornrows for the first time but as far as playing wise um you know he's still out as of january 17th which was eight days ago pop said you know he's he, pop this is quote from pop still a couple weeks away so you know, Rudy's there. I, I go to all the home games, and, and Rudy's there, you know, in, in the suit. He's just there kind of hanging out behind the bench, and I, I'm not sure. You know, we don't – the Spurs really haven't practiced or had shoot-arounds because they've been on the road or, or they just had a really tough schedule so far. So we we, don't, we as the media don't really see him out there shooting around, you know, know his, his level of, of return to play. So right now the Spurs really haven't given an update. So so it's kind of just he's out weeks for what, from what Pop says. Thank you again to everybody who sent questions using the hashtag SpursCast. Uh, really appreciate those. Um, got to get into different areas of, of the Spurs there. Uh, let's move on to our last segment, which is, um, or, or the last segment I'm going to talk about, which is uh, the Spurs' next few games before I record uh, next week's episode. Um, next week, the Spurs, uh, or not next week, but in their next three games, they play Philly on Friday, uh, Sacramento Kings on Sunday, and then Denver on Tuesday. And these are all home games in San Antonio. So let's go ahead and go through the Philly game. Um, the Sixers come to town Friday. The Sixers are 23 and 21, seventh in the East, uh, eight and two in their last 10 games. Um, 109.1 points per 100 possessions uh, offensively, which is sixth. 98.2 points per 100 possessions, which is a de- uh, defensively, which is third. Uh, and that's in the last 10 games again. So this is, this is the one where I, I kind of had the most difficulty predicting um, as far as these next three games go, just because. The Spurs just lost to Philly recently, but look at the context of how they lost. They were missing Tony. They were missing Manu. They were missing Kawhi. Uh, they did have Aldridge and Powell. And now, um, you know, and in that game, they were, they were down 16 in the third quarter, but with two minutes, 10 seconds left, they were leading by one point. And obviously, some fans got upset because Pop went to the hack of Ben Simmons strategy, and then Simmons ended up making his free throws. And from there, the Sixers took the lead and never looked back. So, I mean, if the Spurs are missing, basically they were missing Tony uh, in, in that game because Manu is out again on um, against the Sixers, and so is Rudy Gay, and so is Kawhi. Uh, the Spurs have already announced that. So so from my thinking is, if the Spurs were, were right there of winning the game, they were within two minutes of winning the game against Philly uh, with, without Tony, and now Tony's more comfortable off the bench. You, know, you see DeJounte's a, a different DeJounte Murray than Philly saw. And also um, the Spurs are at home where they're really good. They've only lost three games. And their offense is actually clicking pretty well right now. I'm actually going to give this game to San Antonio. Now, I may be wrong. 
just because, you know, I, I, I haven't been doing too well in these predictions, although I got last week's right. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Spurs just because of, like, those three factors that I mentioned there um, against the Sixers. On Sunday, the Spurs host the Kings, who are 14-33, 15th in the West, just trying to get the first pick in the draft. Uh, they're 2-8 and eight in the last 10. Sacramento's scoring 100.6 points per 100 and holding teams to 107.4, which is 26th and 19th offensively and defensively, which is not very good. So I have the Spurs in that one. I don't think it's going to be too tough for them, regardless if Pop sits some players. Then the Spurs host the Nuggets on Tuesday. Nuggets are 24 and 23 on the season, which is eighth in the Western Conference. They're not doing well still. They're four and six in the last 10. The Nuggets are scoring um, 99.8 points per 100 and holding teams to 106.5 points per 100 in the last 10 games, which is 30th offensively. It's rare to see a Denver team that bad offensively and 17th defensively. Um, you know, you saw the Spurs with Kawhi recently. They, they kind of they, they they really blew out the Nuggets here in San Antonio. So I think they're going to do that again, even though Kawhi is not present. Um, the Nuggets are kind of not, not in a good place right now, uh, playing basketball wise. So I'm going to take the Spurs in that one. So I think the Spurs will go three and zero in their, their next stretch before I record the Spurs cast episode 481 uh, sometime next week. Thank you again um, for bearing with me on, on this solo Spurs cast. Uh, you know, my voice has been in and out of this episode and, and I've had allergies. So my, you know, my throat's wanted to cough pretty much the entire episode. So, so I apologize again for um, some of those weird, like vocal cord straining things going on in some of the, in some of the, the cuts I had to make uh, throughout the episode. Uh, just a few reminders. Uh, thank you again uh, to, to, to those of you that sent questions using the hashtag SpursCast. If you want to send some for next week's episode, use the hashtag SpursCast. Uh, if you're on Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the Spurs cast and at Project Spurs Network. Visit ProjectSpurs.com and LightningTheLeague.com and ProjectSpurs.net. And again, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. I am Paul Garcia. Thank you again. Have a great day. take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.